0: Lundquist is a lifelong gamer, Nintendo fanboy, and Wheel of Fortune winner. In fact, Sam has one of the fastest solves in Wheel of Fortune history and eventually took home $60,000 in cash and prizes from the show. In this episode, Sam shares how games taught him to read and prepared him for winning a game show.
1: I was born in 1985 and my dad was a super nerd and at the time I had no idea cuz I couldn't talk um or really understand what was going on but since the day I've been born um we always had a computer in my house and my dad always was fiddling with computers we actually had an IBM PC Junior which I've read about now and have learned that it was one of the biggest flops in PC uh technology history, but he had one because he was a nerd and it was new and it was awesome. And I don't know how many paychecks he scraped together to buy it, but he got this computer. And since the day I've been born, it has always been in my house. And I remember growing up and seeing him. He was playing games on it all the time. He was we had a a printer, one of those dot matrix things that was making all sorts of noise. And I remember just being fascinated by it. But anyway, one of the games that he played all the time was King's Quest and specifically King's Quest 2. It was always on the screen. It was bright colors. I mean, this was, you know, the mid to late 80s. So it wasn't super fancy, but you know, for for me it was was pretty dazzling and he loved it too. But he would sit me on his lap and uh, we would play King's Quest all the time. And the thing about those old adventure games and looking back, now I don't even know how we as a gaming people did this was uh, you had to type in all your commands. You had your arrow keys and could move up, down, left and right. But if you wanted to pick up a an object on the screen, you had to say pick up object or open door or talk to so-and-so. So the whole thing was this text-based thing. And again, I'm like, you know, three, four years old. I can I'm just starting to you know figure out what what words are and that sort of thing. But anyway, I would sit on my on my dad's lap and uh, we would be playing the game and he would you know be typing in things. He'd ask me what I'd want to do on the screen and he'd type in, you know if I wanted to talk to this person we'd go over there and he'd type in talk to so and so. But anyway, so we would play all the time. Long story short, I remember, this is the specific day I remember, my dad was off at work all day and I wasn't in school yet. And the computer was set up in our family room and I really wanted to play. So I I crawled up in the chair, I found the, what is it? Five and a quarter floppy disk uh, for King's Quest 2 and popped it into the machine. I figured out how to turn on the computer. I figured out how to start the game. But I started the game and I realized that I didn't really know what I was doing. And the game starts out on a beach, and I moved my little character, but I couldn't do anything because I couldn't type. So I had my mom, who was there that day, she wrote me up on just a 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. She wrote up a bunch of words. She wrote talk, pick up, walk, uh, open door, like all the commands that I needed. And she sat down with me and put that sheet of paper next to me at the desk, and she helped me play the game and that was my you know once I figured out where open was and I could type it on the keyboard and where door was and all that stuff we had um we had fun like kind of learning the words that way you know again I'm just trying to figure out how to type I'm trying to figure out how to play this game and uh slowly but surely we learned to play the game together and slowly but surely that became um One of the ways I learned how to read, because after a while, my mom left and I just had, you know, that sheet of paper and and the game in front of me. That's one of the things that helped me learn how to read is playing King's Quest, realizing I had to type in all this stuff and having my little vocabulary sheet right there next to me. So, yeah.
0: Well, besides King's Quest, I've heard there was another game that helped you learn to read and also had a really big impact on your life. Uh,
1: one of the other ways I learned words and letters, and this doesn't, shouldn't surprise anybody based on the introduction that Marie gave me, but I played Wheel of Fortune on my IBM PC junior growing up and it, with its three color color scheme of awful graphics that didn't detract from the fact that I was learning how to spell. I was learning how words formed. Um, I was learning prefixes and suffixes and all the common roots of words, which clearly helped me. Twenty plus years later, the 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 fact that one of the first games I ever played, aside from King's Quest, was Wheel of Fortune, was just kind of odd. I mean, I loved the game, but every single, almost every single game system I've owned, I've owned a Wheel of Fortune game for it. For the IBM PC Jr. back in the day, for my NES, I had one for Super Nintendo. I even have one on my phone and my iPad now. Um, but I mean, that's. That's just, that's a mark of a great game. And the, you know, playing that game and being able to understand it, it was wonderfully serendipitous. Um, But I, I cannot, you know, say enough that practicing since, you know, the age of three and four definitely, definitely helped me out.
0: So how did you end up getting cast on the show?
1: The casting process for Wheel of Fortune was really weird and and intense. I know every game show is different, but that one in particular, th- there are thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of people who are wanting to be on that show. And for a while, I don't know if this is still true, it was the highest rated syndicated show on television. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Wheel of Fortune. Everybody, you know, watches Wheel of Fortune, even if it's on at the gym or, you know, on the TV at the dinner table or whatever. It's just on all the time. And anyway, I applied in 2003 in my dorm room. I just moved to Los Angeles to go to school at USC and I randomly applied. I'm like, that'll be fun. I'll I'll apply today. This, you know, we're in, we're in town now. I can see if I can make it on the show. I didn't hear back. I, I did hear back three years later in 2006. I got this email from the casting department and I opened the email and I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And they're inviting me down for an audition. I'm like, what is this audition? I didn't send it. Oh, three years ago I signed up, so I uh, ended up going down to the audition, and I was at uh, it was the Radisson Hotel in Culver City with a group of probably seventy-five, I would say, um, maybe a little bit more, seventy-five to you know maybe a hundred folks who uh, who were also down there for the audition, and as a multi-round. So uh, the first round, we were all just sitting in this big conference room, one of those hotel conference conference rooms, and each seat had a number. So I sat down, um, you know, I'm let's just say number thirty two, and they would go around the room and just kind of popcorn all over the place. And when your number was called, uh, you'd stand up. On the projected screen on the front, they put a Wheel of Fortune puzzle, and you just start guessing letters. So S T R E, and they would fill in the puzzle. And if you could solve it, you'd win a prize. Um, They only let you go so far because they don't want you to take forever. So you'd probably get like five or six letters. Um, And then if you didn't solve it, it would go to the next person and and they would win, you know, a lunchbox or a pencil or a t-shirt or something like that. That was just so they could see your personality. They want you to be up, um, be up there, excited, you know, ready to play the game, have that good TV face uh, and just be uh, ready to go. After that was round two. And that was a little bit trickier. It was actually a written test, uh, believe it or not. And it was basically like eight pages of hangman because uh, Wheel of Fortune is just hangman with a wheel. So they would give you the category and they would have um, the puzzle there with some of the letters filled in and they would let you know what letters had been picked. So you could kind of you know, gauge what letters were left. So you would do that um, again, just standard written test. And we turned that in and then there was a little bit of a break. So the Contestant coordinators could actually grade the tests. And then you had your first cut. So after the first cut, if you didn't, I suppose, do well enough in round one or round two, they would send you home. Then everybody else was gathered for the final round, which was round three. Round three was um, more like the game show. They brought us up in, in groups of three to the front of the room. They would put a puzzle up on the screen. But before we actually got to play the game, we went one by one to introduce ourselves just like we would on the show. So the person before me was like, my name's Patricia, I'm 45 from Los Angeles, California. I work with puppies and with the elderly and I'm a stay at home mom, you know? And then I, I came up and I'm like, I'm Sam, I'm 22. I work at a theme park design and production company and I, you know, create dreams and went to USC. I was completely convinced based on my introduction that, you know, this person was working with animals and volunteering and this guy was like a war veteran and then there's me who's like this theme park designer and and just out of college, why would they ever want me on the show? So I was convinced kind of then and there like this is not going to happen. Anyway, long story short, once we did that, we started playing the game. And so one by one we would go... um, And again, just guess letters. They actually had a paper wheel that one of the coordinators would spin. So it was a little bit more like the real game. And we would, you know, guess our letters and again, try to solve the puzzle. And the goal here, again, was just to be to be good at the game, but also to be good for TV. So they wanted to see us pretend to spin the wheel. So we pulled out, you know, got our arms out and pretended to spin the giant wheel. We got really excited when we won. We got disappointed when we didn't get the right letter. We wanted to be good television. That's what they told us. So they wanted to see our personalities. So after that round, I actually did really well that round, now that I think about it. I solved two puzzles. Um, One was about tennis, and then one was... uh, presidential quote or something like that. Anyway, not important. But anyway, so after that they sent us home. You didn't get any information that day about whether or not you were going to be on the show. And I remember leaving the hotel and I called my mom right after and I said, you know, I this was super fun, but I'm not going to get on the show. And um, you know, we laughed about that. And I was, you know, it was a fun day. Even just that experience was pretty flipping cool. So I headed home and then I think just a couple weeks passed, maybe a month, and I got a letter in the mail that said, congratulations, you've been selected as a contestant and uh, we want to have you down on the show sometime and we'll get in touch with you more as, uh, you know, the weeks roll on to schedule your time. That was it. And I was cast. It was about a four year process from the time I randomly applied online to the time I actually got on the show. So pretty intense timeline of of Wheel of Fortune craziness. <laughs>
0: Well, how does it feel to have one of the fastest solves in Wheel of Fortune history?
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't even know I was one of those until one of those other. So recently, there have been a lot more Wheel of Fortune people like that just pop up on like CNN, like somebody solves it with one letter and then somebody solves it with two letters. And so I was on YouTube watching one of those videos. And on the, you know, recommended or related videos, it said, you know, top five solves of all time. And I'm like, and it was an official wheel of fortune video. And I'm just like, well, what are the, you know, these are, they're all coming out so quick now. I wonder what ones they picked from all time. And I clicked it. And sure enough, I was number five of five top solves. And it was just like, it was hilarious because like, I. I, I kind of forgot have forgotten about it, but it pops up all the time. Like people ask me about it all the time. It's one of the things that people really remember. And it's just like, I will say this, above and beyond it being like a top five of all time, it is one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. Just because that that show, Like I said, like I've always played that game. I played it on the computer. I played it with my grandma. I watched it with my grandma, like for years and years and years and years. So above and beyond being one of the top solves, like it is just so crazy cool that I got to be a part of the show but to win and to like be one of those top selves is just like really weird, awesome icing on the cake. And I got to watch it with my grandma, you know, when I was on and everything and she was just so happy and proud. And that, that was the coolest part.
0: Last question. Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Cyborgs or vampires?
1: I, well... You can't air this, Marie, because I feel like <laughs> if, if they ever heard me, I don't know. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, here's what I will say. They are the most, Um. let me just say this. They are some of the dearest people that I've ever met. And it's not like we're friends. I met them for a 20-minute television show, and they do that every day for a living. But they're super kind and like... Uh, they they haven't aged at all, like, since day one. So in, I'm going to go ahead and say cyborgs because there's no way. Like, they just have not aged at all, at all, at all. And they're not sparkly enough to be vampires. That's the thing, right? Sparkly vampires. Um, but Vanna came in before the show started, and she just, you know, said good luck to everybody um, and just greeted us and everything. And, you know, Pat was really fun on the show, and he was... You know even just during you know the breaks and all that he was super kind the coolest thing was so again this goes back to the wheel obsession i have a postcard from i was one year old it is postmarked a year after i was born and i sent in to vanna and pat for their autographs um send in a letter to the studios i didn't do it i was one year old but um I have that postcard, and when I was on the show, I didn't bring the postcard, because I thought it'd be kind of creepy, but I talked to them about it, and I'm like, you know what, I have this postcard from 1986, it has you guys on it, and I, you know, it's so cool, you guys have been a part of my life forever, and Vanna stops me, and she's like, oh, I remember that postcard, I was wearing this blue dress, and we shot it here, and it was a great day, I'm like, you remember a postcard from 1986, you are insane, and I just, they just... Love that show so much and love talking with the contestants. Um, That was the coolest thing to me is that they they were just very kind, warm people, very welcoming and made everybody feel at home, whether you, you know, had gone all the way to the bonus round or you were just there for, you know, a couple uh, rounds. They made everybody feel awesome. And uh, so to answer your question, I'm going with Cyborg.
0: Awesome. Cyborgs.
1: Indeed.